This is part two of a two-part series with Oren Claff of Pitch Anything. So I want to talk about frames. I think that's a really important part of this. So prizing is setting yourself up as the expert and uh, lo- getting local celebrity or in celebrity in your niche is another way that a marketer would look at it. And uh, I think they understand the idea of selling with a narrative and uh, creating an emotional hook point. Um, and so I'd like to take that next step and talk about the frame, how you frame, especially if you're you're framing on a web page, right? You don't know who it is in the room because that could be anyone. Okay. So, so um, first of all, let's talk about the fundamentals of frame control mm-hmm. and what a frame is, mm-hmm. right? And really quickly, when two people come into any kind of social or business relationship, they each bring with them a frame, mm-hmm. Right? Your frame, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's the way you see the world. It's the lens through which you look at your business and social and, and economic life. And it's your, um, values, your morals, your principles, and your perspective. It's another way of looking. It's how you see how the world works. Okay? So I bring my frame, right, to a deal, and you bring your frame which is fine. Different perspectives. But the thing is, frames don't coexist, right? One frame is always dominant. You never have two perspectives in a business deal that survive. There is one dominant perspective. So frames come together and they collide, right? And and they smash into each other. Boom, right? And it's always the case. The stronger frame crushes and owns the weaker frame. The dominant perspective is then the perspective through which the business deal is seen Mm -hmm. or the social interaction is seen or the relationship is seen. That's what a frame is, right? So frame control is when everyone in the business deal, okay, or the interaction, frame controls when everyone in the interaction sees the deal through your lens, mm-hmm. okay? So in a room, which I know you guys are online, but my experience is in a room, right? When you make a stupid joke, other people laugh at it. When you stand up, they stand up. When you put your pen down, they put your pen down. When you stop to send a text, they all shuffle around to do something different. When people are reacting to you, you have frame control, all right? By contrast, when somebody else tells a stupid joke and you sh- you laugh at it because he's the boss, right? Or they they make a nonsensical point in a presentation or present some math that you don't agree with the economics and you nod your head. They have frame control. You're seeing through the world through their frame, their perspective, their um, their ownership of the the interaction. Okay, so a very simple way to know who has frame control in any given interaction is. If you are reacting to someone else, they have frame control. If they are reacting to you, you have frame control, right? So, so then it becomes a question of how do you get frame control? What's the value of it? Okay, which we need to talk about in a second. And, um, you know, how do you get it? What's the value of it? Why would you want it? And how do you keep it? All right. So let me tie this back into the kind of marketing you're talking about. Deals are all about attention. If I come in 
with a deal and I can hold your attention for four hours. Like literally, I have some ray or pill or potion to force you to pay attention to me for four hours straight. Like really pay attention with all your focus and concentration and energy. I will sell you that deal. Okay, everybody will. The most novice deal maker in the world will sell you a deal, right? Or a product or, or a, um, if they can get you to pay attention for that long. But the thing is, the span of human attention and on the internet, you know, in a room, it might be 20 minutes. On the internet, it might be 20 seconds, right? So frame control is about owning attention. So now you don't have to worry about, am I creating intrigue? Am I, am I using images? Am I being visual? Those are all tools. What you are trying to achieve is frame control. When you have frame control, people are reacting to you and you have attention. And when you have somebody's attention, right? You can tell them the narrative and the proof points about your product and you can, um, you can pitch your product and you can get a deal done. Or maybe in the terms you guys use, you can sell a product. Frame control is the most important skill you will ever learn either online or in a person-to-person context. So how do you get frame control? Okay. I want to use an example that I use quite frequently because it's so easy to see. In the environment that I go into, um, which tends to be a boardroom, right, or a, um, um, you know, a conference room. So I will come in and we have a, a deal to pitch. Okay, we're raising $5 million for a healthcare company and they have a product that, you know, purifies uh, um, blood faster than the other competing products, right? What we'll try and do is bring in a big physical poster board, right? Big physical, you know those boards yeah. that are 20 inches by 30 inches, mm-hmm. and we put it face down. Foam core. We'll put a little sticker on the top that says um, um, "Deal in critical deal info, right? For Michael Coffin, CEO. And we set that near Michael Coffin's CEO. And he wants to see right? it. And we begin the pitch, of course. So eventually he'll reach for it. Mm-hmm. And the moment he reaches for you it, slap his hand. I slap his hand away and I say, Bad boy. not right now, Michael. Mm-hmm. This is my time. We're on my agenda. We're unfolding this meeting at the, the way I'm doing it. And when I'm ready, I'll show you this. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Now you can't do that mean, right? And you can't do that in a shrill way. But if you do that with a smile and you make it social and fun, it is fundamentally a denial and a defiance done in a social way. Right. And that is one very cool, fun way to get frame control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I don't think that translates exactly online, that it, but, but you can see now how the um, frame control can shift and how you can get the frame back from the CEO of a major corporation. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, what you want to do, let's, I mean, let's just frame this whole thing out. When you first interact with someone coming to your site or your, your, um, your landing page, right? They have all the power. The second they land, they have all the power. They can leave, they have the money, they have the decision making ability, and they can leave. And your job, right? They have frame control the second they land. Your job is to start getting frame control Mm -hmm. to where they see they are reacting to you. Mm -hmm. They see the world through your lens. You're telling them, no, you don't, that's not how it's going to go. This is my site. Mm-hmm. This is my landing page. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing things my way. Yeah. And I'm the prize. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be earning your way into my deal. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you've got to do it fun and social mm-hmm. in the ways that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. 
I like it. Uh, the other piece of this, and this is really, we got to wind down here for uh, the time frame. Um, hot cognitions. That's the other emotional piece where you're getting your prospect enrolled at an emotional level based on their desire to um, do the right thing, be successful, whatever it might be. You'll say these better than I am. So once you've, once you've got frame control and you've prized yourself, you've set, you've set an emotional hook point, you're telling a story, you're dropping intrigue pings and alternating those. I'm just trying to make this really simple. Alternating those yes. with um, the uh, proof points. The, That's right. the next thing is that you need to get them to not just, I didn't run away and I'm not scared. <laughs> and now I'm, uh, you know, you've got me in under your spell. Now you have to motivate them. We're not trying to get them to make a rational decision. We're trying to get them to make an emotional decision. And this is where hot cognitions come into play to move them from just being Surprised and framed by you and hooked by a story to wanting to take action. Is that, do I have that right? You do. Let, okay. let me jump in here. Mm-hmm. The two processes of the mind uh, that don't work together are emotion and analytics. Right. You want to keep okay. them out of analytics. You, of course you do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, an, but, but let's talk about that for a minute. You want to keep them out of it, but what I think a lot of people don't understand is the, um, you know, Paradigmatic, it's called paradigmatic thinking. We won't use the jargon. Um, analytical thinking, which is a cold process. Mm-hmm. Math, mm-hmm. statistics. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's the, it's the most cold process you could ever use. Math, statistics, linguistics, um, physics, um, um, finance, right? That's all cold pro- decision making, decision matrix, decision making processes are cold processes. They're slow. They're cold, right? And they're disconnected, mm-hmm. right? And they're disenfranchised from the human connection. On the other side are the hot processes, right? Um, wanting, needing, mm-hmm. um, um, excitement, desire, right? So you never picked your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or pro- hopefully not your car, right? Through a cold analytical process, mm-hmm. right? So, Sometimes you can do all this analysis about what kind of car you see, right? And you're looking at an Audi and a BMW and it's a cool little sports car and you're, you're trying to choose between one of them and then you see a truck and you just buy it. That's a hot cognition. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a story about that when we're offline one time, but that's great. So um, when you are checking out of a supermarket many times, they have this little um, coin thing that you give to charity. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they say, would you like to add a dollar for the, you know, dogs with no eyes? Right. And, and, the, and the tailless cats. Okay. And the, the gorillas of Borneo that have cancer of the eyeball. Right. And it's hugely empathetic. Those don't work well because when people are at the supermarket shopping, they're thinking about this is $5. This is $3. I got to cook all this. It's costing me $50 to make a meal. We're spending 300. They're in cold analytical process mm-hmm. and you try and shift somebody over quickly to um, providing a dollar for the gorilla with cancer of the eyeball right and it doesn't 
take. Because yeah, those it's, two it's parts annoying. of the mind won't work together. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what you, um, so I have a friend who's an online marketer and he always uses these statistics. 30% of people decide to do this and 79% of people love to do this and of the 79, you know, those are, although those are good compelling points he's making, he's, um, jolting people into cold analytical processes. Yeah. Okay? So hot cognitions as a, as opposed to a cold cognition is about triggering emotional, okay? And you have tools to use. Mm-hmm. Time constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, um, scarcity. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, uh, um, value, right? Um, value proposition of living longer, getting more, life, making life easier. So you know to do those things, and you guys do those anyway, but I see in many of these online marketing is even though they're trying to sell benefits like that, right? With these big upsides, they use cold processes yeah. to sell, to sell important benefits. So when you understand that math, statistics, mm-hmm. um, physics and, and financial examples are cold processes and they're not good for getting to the decision making hook point. And the hook point, maybe that's the last thing we can do. The hook point is an incredibly important term, right? That I want to define. Okay. So, so yeah, I have to say what, that was the least clear thing in the book for me was the hook point. Okay. So we're going to do it now, right? But wait, in a before very you go, clear way. but wait, Oren, yes. before you go to hook point, I, I just want to ask a clarifying question about hot cognitions. Yes. So in pitch anything, you gave four examples of hot cognitions, intrigue, moral authority, which is the one that I used for my real time emotional patterns. I used moral authority. I said, uh, do you know, do you want to be in service to people by understanding? Do you want to help more people? By learning this, by, by, you know, having the skill that you already have it. You want to just start using it so you can help more people. That was essentially what I, what I found to be a, the best hot cognition there. So, um, time frame, moral authority, prizing and intrigue in the book. Those were the things that you said were examples of hot cognitions, but I got to thinking about it because I've interviewed Joe Sugarman. Um, and he wrote the 29, he says there's 31 now, uh, persuasion triggers, twiggas. Uh, there's emotion. These, these are the things that trigger us emotionally. Like I'll give you an example. One of them is collect all 10, you know, I mean, that is a number, but it's more like it's collect. I got to have it all. I need to own every one of these. Cause if I own two or five, it's not all 10. I need all 10. Those kinds of things are emotional reactions. And he's got 30 odd of them. Do you think that your hot cognitions could map to that, that kind of thinking? A hundred percent. You know, I, a hundred percent. Anything that triggers an emo, a positive emotional response is mm-hmm. a hot cognition. Okay. Okay, guys, but we got to calm down. Like we can't, this has got to fit in the grand architecture of a pitch. Yeah. You can't just go in and, and, and fire off emotional triggers um, like a, like playing whack-a-mole. Well, right? we as marketers understand what the fundamental emotional triggers are for a particular prospect with regard to our product or service. We understand emotionally what they desire. If we don't, we shouldn't have the job. So yeah, we understand that. Right. And that's why I wanted to know, are there more than four hot cognitions in the Oren world? And you're saying, oh, hell yeah, there's plenty. I just wanted there's to make plenty. that clear. There's plenty. Um, so, 
Oh, okay, so we're going to talk about hook point. Hook point. Right? In my view of these interactions, right, your job is to add value. Okay? Got to add value. So there's only – value can only flow two ways. You could take value or you can add value, right? So, for example, I believe questions take value, right? So when you see – have you ever seen two people on a date and they're just – you know, one's just asking the other question. So, where are you from? Where do you live? What school did you go to? What kind of car do you drive? What do you like? Right? Well, this is a fucking job interview to date, right? You want to add value by um, saying things that are interesting, providing insight, providing interesting social uh, context, right? So, providing information. And I know you guys do that, right? You have to add value in order to engage with someone. That's really what a landing page is about. Right, is adding some value and then promising some benefit. All right. But what you will see in human interactions is when you have added so much value and you have put a time constraint on yourself and you've prized yourself and you're a high status individual with some local celebrity status. Okay. Eventually somebody goes, wow, I have got a lot. And they don't say that, um, mm-hmm. they don't have that, um, um, Mechanical thought. Yeah. It occurs within them. They feel fated. I have got, they, yes, I have got so much here. It is time for me to give back. And that is the point that they will make a blog post, make a Twitter forward, do, I like f- Facebook. They will give back. And at that point that somebody is no longer just kind of rolling along with your, um, um, you know, your pitch or your sale, or your marketing, but starts to engage. That is the hook point, right? And that is the point when you yourself, um, can really become engaged with that person. And what I love about it is it's at that point, when you reach the hook point, you've created so much value and they are starting to add value to you and what you have mm-hmm. that you can stop marketing, stop selling, stop pitching, and you can just be mm-hmm. with that person for a little bit. And you have um, provided them so much value, you allow them to have frame control. You give it back. You react to them. You just calibrate to each other, right? And then you allow a flow of dialogue and likes and Twitters yeah. and back and forth. And there's no way to screw this up, right? If you've done everything else right, okay? And, it, and beyond that, there's no close, Right. You've, you've made an assumptive close the entire time by prizing and framing yourself. It's theirs to have or not. They have to, it's theirs to screw up if they don't behave That's themselves. Right. So you make them work for it. And once they've emotionally connected with you, then they're on board and they're in full support of the deal. And then you work out the uh, analytical pieces of it after that. So you have it exactly right. And to be crystal clear, the hook point is the point at which you have added so much value, the person feels obligated to provide some value back to you, Mm -hmm. right? And beyond that, there's a calibration period where you're just cannot screw it up. And then you kind of go back into, hey, a time constraint, we got to wrap this up. Not, you know, um, and of, of the $500 million now that I've closed, with investors, right, and buyers. I have no closes. I don't know any. Here's my close. You ready? So um, I guess we should follow up with some paperwork, either have your guys send it or we'll send it over and let's catch up on Monday. That's my close, right? 
it, because there's no clothes besides leaving, right? And and um, maintaining your time constraint and being authentic to it, so you don't you blow it by being needy for the deal. So you leave yeah. on time, okay? But the hook point um, when you recognize it is when now you move into the uh, finishing of the deal, mm-hmm. and it's in some ways, you know, beyond. I mean, it's all important, but it's but you start recognizing it, and it might be that first like, it might be that first Twitter forward, it might be that first Facebook post or or comment, but that's the hook point, and that's at the point where you start to um, wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. I love it. Uh, thank you. It was a lot of fun to. Uh, talk about pitch anything in the constraint that I gave you, which was a virtual space, a virtual online space. I appreciate it. And uh, I think that uh, we tend to follow, uh, marketers tend to follow some pretty old school formulations for asking for the order. And uh, I think that you've simplified it, added a lot more raw emotion into it, and uh, given people the courage to prize themselves who might not have had the courage to prize themselves before. Uh, so thank you for everything. You wrote a great book, and I hope it's doing extraordinarily well for you. Thanks. Well, I'd love to know what uh, marketers follow you, because uh, as I'm surfing through the internet now, I'm nervous I'm going to be buying a lot more stuff over oh. the next 60 days uh-huh. than I was before. Well, I so. can tell you that if there's anyone on Dishymix who, uh, who's, if any of my Dishymix listeners make anything, they would just give it to you, Oren. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, um, and speaking of it, that, I just want to say one yes. thing. Uh, speaking of that, I have a copy of Pitch Anything from Oren for you. Uh, if you go to my Facebook fan page, uh, which is, of course, Dishymix, and you just uh, write a comment on there, I'll pick my favorite comment and I'll send one, uh, one Dishymix listener a copy of Pitch Anything, the innovative method for presenting, persuading, and winning the deal. Go ahead, Oren. What were you going to say? Two things. I'm going to throw, um, pick a second best comment, and I'll send one signed you know, for someone. That'd okay, be nice. So you Thank can you. can have a little bit more. Sure. Because um, my publisher gets mad and never do anything to help the book. Okay. So if I can help. All right. So we're going to get an autographed copy and my yes. copy. Uh, well, I'm, my second copy because I bought one and then Oren sent me one. Uh, so uh, uh, I have a copy and I have a signed copy for you. Go to the Dishy Mix fan page on Facebook and we'll pick two. Go ahead. What's number two? The second thing is if at some point you feel like you've got the perfect someone from your audience and we need to do a teardown, uh-huh. right? And so apply this to, to a marketing effort that somebody nice. is doing. Uh-huh. We can try and do a teardown yeah. where you can see it happen in real time because I don't want anybody to go away thinking this is somehow a theoretical process. Yeah. This is fundamental to what I've created in the world. And by the way, there's 35 companies out there that I've raised money for in this process that today would not exist if we hadn't used this to go out and get the capital for them. Mm-hmm. So this is the real deal. And, um, so if somebody ch- feels challenged, but they have something important that they need to give to the world, and it's and you think it's real, mm-hmm. and it's authentic, mm-hmm. then let's try and do a teardown and fix what they have and build it back up with this process. That's a fantastic offer. I, uh, I, I will definitely, definitely come to you with something really juicy. Uh, fantastic. Well, Oren, thank you so much. Uh, you're way more handsome, uh, in person than you are in the back of your book cover. So it's, it's particularly been delightful. Um, I'm your host. And that right there is frame control at its 
best. Well, I you mean, know what's so funny? Not. Here's what I was thinking about. I lost our frame control in the beginning. I actually let you have it. Um, ah, because, uh, nice. <laughs> because in the beginning, uh, mm. you said, uh, you know, we got on the, we got on the uh, connection and uh, you said um, something about, you know, please don't please don't ask me to give examples midway because that blows out my mind, you know? And I was like, yeah, I t- I'm totally the same way. I've got a million examples when someone asks me, I can't remember them. So I have a mind like yours in that way. And um, uh, I said something, uh, I could have said, well, uh, uh, I can't make you any promises. I'm here to get good information. And, you know, I have a show to do. And, uh, you know, my audience relies on me to get, you know, the best information or whatever. I could have said no to you That's and right. held the frame. That's right. But what I did That's was right. I gave you the frame because what I said was, Oren, I'm here to make you look good. Don't worry. And in that way, I gave you the floor. Uh, and, and so I think it's... um. I, I think it's fun to look at the frames, and uh, I think it takes some balls to own the frame. And uh, I think in some ways, if you're not an, a confident, extroverted marketer who truly believes in the product that you have, it's very difficult to prize. And I agree with you that prizing is a key, a key component here. So um, if prizing is your struggle, you really are going to have to figure out why you can help someone in a way that no one else can and then take the floor. Just take the floor, right? All right, darling, we're going to go. This was Dishy Mix. Oren Claff, you were fantastic. I knew you would be. I loved your book. Thank you so much for adding so much to my world and to my Dishy Mix listeners' worlds. Thanks, Susan. It's great. All right. right. Uh, I'm your host, Susan Bratton. Thanks again for listening in. Have a fantastic day, and I'll connect with you at the next episode. Take care.